being able to build a team that is not exact duplicates of each other, but who have different ways of thinking, different backgrounds, uh, but the skills to work together regardless is sort of my secret sauce. The last thing I hire for is someone who's going to agree with me all the time. Welcome to The Get, the marketing talent podcast. This is your host, Erica Seidel. We explore what it takes to get and keep the best marketing leaders in the B2B SaaS world. This might be one of the more provocative podcasts that we have done. I think we'd all agree that there is age bias in B2B tech, but it's not something that we talk about that much. And um, it goes both ways, you know, older people and younger people can feel misunderstood and feel like they miss out on opportunities as a result. Uh, bottom line, I'm predicting that age aspects of diversity are going to become an important part of the diversity conversations in companies that are looking to be more inclusive in their hiring and in their management. We have two CMO guests today who represent different spots on the age continuum. Sarah Asus is CMO at Zubu, the customer experience platform offering AI-driven conversational search for brands and retailers. And Dwight Griesman, who is the CEO of Eye for Growth, a consultancy helping clients drive predictable, scalable revenue engines. Dwight was previously CMO at Forrester, where he and I met. Um, true story, he was actually my boss and the best boss ever. So um, uh, that was uh, a great experience there. We have a lot of stories. Um, and in addition, he was CMO at Radius and Access, two different uh, technology-led services companies. Sarah is 32 years old and Dwight is, as he says, slightly less than twice Sarah's age. So again, different, different spots on the kind of um, uh, point in the career continuum. And our goal with this conversation is to raise awareness of age biases and identify ways to address them. So Sarah and Dwight, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Thank you, Erica. We're glad to be here. <laughs> it's a pleasure. All right, let us get started here. Um, let me, let me just share something with you that I've thought about before, and that is this, that a 25-year-old does not know what it's like to be 55 years old, say, but a 55-year-old does know what it's like to be 25. Um, they might not know what it's like to be 25 today, but anyway, there's this kind of age gulf and there's this age angst, which I think is really acute in tech in particular, because it's an industry that's a lot bigger now than it was 20 years ago. And it's also an industry where what matters is what you did yesterday, um, sometimes when somebody comes to me and they say, oh, I have 30 years of marketing experience, the question is, yeah, but a lot of that was at a different time. The whole world was different. You know, again, what did you do yesterday? Um, any reactions to that? And also, has age been a factor to you in getting a job and hiring? And if so, can you talk about that? Um, Sarah, I'm going to ask you to start. Yeah, uh, sure. Kind of so. To that. Yeah, of course. Um, it's funny because I was thinking about this earlier. Um, you know, I'm only 32 and I do consider myself very different to a 25 year old. So, you know, even in the hiring of younger people, I sometimes think, oh, my God, what a, what the, what a difference age can be. And in a such short period of time. Uh, yeah, I don't consider myself any older, but I do see that in the work mindset. 
it does make a big difference. So I was thinking about that. And I always think, you know, the comment you made about, you know, people like younger people don't know how it is to be older, but older people understand how it is to be younger. But to me, it's always, as you may said it, you know, today is different than how it was maybe 20, 25 years ago. Things have changed, societies change, businesses change, the techs change. There's a lot that has changed. Yes, older, wiser, I agree. Uh, but the, the environment, the society, and the way we operate is very different. The tools at hand, everything around us is different. And I do think that that is something to consider when you're talking to younger people is you can't really feel like in their shoes. You can't really feel the way they feel because they're living uh, in a completely different world to the world that you lived in when you were the same age. So that's mm -hmm. kind of my reaction to, you know, what you're saying here. Um, yeah. In terms of, you know, the job, uh, like getting jobs and hiring, I know that uh, sometimes I've lost out due to experience. Uh, maybe, you know, I haven't been doing it for enough years or I don't have enough experience in the industry. But to me, when I'm hiring, I don't always look at the years of experience. For me, it's very much about the mindset. It's about uh, how they operate, how they work, how they, how they think. And I think that's a lot more important than saying, I have 20 years experience. Why? Because again, that experience can vary. Uh, it might not match the company culture. Uh, it might not match your managing style. And so to me, that in terms of hiring, that's the way that I kind of uh, look at it. And I know I've been burnt a few times from the experience side a few years back. Um, but I used to always think, oh, but I'm a hard worker and I'll, I'll get it done for you and I'll, I'll learn and I'll grow and I'll do anything with your business. But it was, no, you're missing out on a few years. Um, and to me, that is relating to age. And I remember being upset about it, but obviously I got good opportunities. But yeah, that's kind of my view on that. That's great. Thank you. How about, how about you, Dwight? Can you react to that and talk to us about your um, any experiences that you've had that you think where age might have been you know, a factor? So, yeah, why don't I come to that second? I think, you know, the the initial question is a really good one about um, what does it mean to have the have more experience? Uh, but the work, you know, and the point is the world is, in fact, very different today. So someone who's 30 years old today may have already been through five or six jobs, whereas going back 20 or 30 years, you might still be with your first company. And you might have moved within the company two or three times, or maybe you were with your second company, depending on, on the state of affairs. So if you've been with six companies, you've had you know, six legitimately different experiences, perhaps in different industries. So the tenure, the, the impact of tenure changes. It's not the same. You can't compare the apples to the oranges based on decades ago. Um, that said, to echo what's, what Sarah just referenced, um, exposure to different things is really what you're looking for. Have you been able to find patterns? Have you been able to take ideas from one place and port them in to a new environment to answer a similar question differently based on what you've learned or based on what you've absorbed? And the, the mindset that Sarah was talking about is everything, right? So having a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, which is not really a new concept. It's a little more complicated than it sounds. Um, but regardless of experience, you're looking for people who have the ability to adapt and to assimilate and to synthesize their knowledge and turn it into action and wisdom. 
And that could have come in 10 years. Uh, it could have come from somebody who started three companies and failed miserably before they got to their fourth and they just sold it and they're coming to lead a marketing effort or to be a COO. That's a huge amount of experience and, and wisdom gained in a short period of time. And you can't discount it based simply on the number of lines on a resume or what their age is. Um, that said, you know, there are certain kinds of differences that you have to peel back. And that's also getting into the head of the person on the other side of the table who you're considering to be part of your team. Um, how do they think? What do they stand for? Uh, why are they there? What motivates them? You know, do they know uh, what a good environment for them looks like? And that's something that I think you get mostly by trial and error and by learning as you go. So in that case, having more experiences um, can really give you a much richer palette to paint with and gives you the opportunity to know yourself better. And from that comes all kinds of good success. To answer your question uh, about pers my personal experience in terms of age and finding a job, um, I've been blessed with a really high motor from the get-go. So my energy levels are and continue to be um, pretty high. Sometimes it's caffeine doing that. Sometimes it's just, you know, my pure natural excitement. So it's it's willing to learn, wanting to learn, able to synthesize and gather all that information up. Um, I haven't felt bounded by age. Um, I have run into situations, as probably has everybody, where I don't have industry experience and I'm unable to make the case for transferal across industries and companies. But I find that I don't, I've never interpreted that to be ageism. It's more about people just wanting a faster on-ramp for the new members of the team. Great, thank you. Um, you guys have brought up some interesting topics here and I, I'll, we'll come back to Sarah and your point on mindset for hiring and you know hiring for mindset in a bit. Um, Dwight, I also really like this point of converting knowledge into wisdom. And <clears throat> it's funny because a lot of people will say like, oh, I'm so great because I have 20 years of marketing experience. But as a search person, I'm often saying, well, you could have 20 years of experience doing it all the same way without learning. Or you could have two years of experience of doing something in a really innovative way. And then you outgrow that job and you're ready for something else. So I think um, it's, just, it's just something that comes to mind as I, as I hear you talk. Um, I'd like to ask Sarah now, um, I'm wondering if you've ever kind of been interviewing somebody of a, of a different age and your gut reaction can be, mm, you know, the fit feels off and, uh, curious to hear, to, to kind of go there, um, and talk through one of these situations and, and how it netted out and, and how can a hiring leader kind of combat this gut reaction that they might have to somebody of a different age. Yeah, of course. I mean, coming back to the comment that Dwight made, and this is something I think all the time, it's it's not about you've been in a company, it, like what we see in terms of, again, apologize for the use of words, in older generations, it used to be that you used to take a job for so certain number of years. My dad's been in the same company for 30 years. To me, that sounds dreadful. You know, I've actually had five jobs already um, and I've learned a lot and each one has enabled me to take the steps to where I want to be. And I think sometimes the reason why I have a gut feel is I'll look at a resume and I'll go, 
hmm, interesting. They've got some interesting experience. They've been in the same company for a while, and that's generally what I find as a uh, model for older people applying for certain jobs. And I'm always wondering why the next move, right? You've been in this company for a long time. You seem quite comfortable. Why are you looking to take the move? And generally, that is why I will take a meeting and kind of start the first interview. That's my first question. What's, what's sparking this move? And I think the immediate reaction of gut feel is, oof, they've been doing the same thing over and over again. They don't have much change in the way they've done their job. They're very stuck with the process that they followed. They believe that is the right way. That is how you do things. And I find that the mindset is less malleable. Um, and again, it's what I prefer with hiring slightly younger people. They are more drive hungry. Um, sometimes someone's just, if you're a little bit older, and again, maybe this is ageism from a younger person, but I look at older generations thinking, you know, I just want a good job. I want it to be interesting enough that it feeds my brain, but I don't want it to be too much either. And I've seen a lot of that. And that is the reaction that I get sometimes. I, by the way, you get this from younger people too. These days, younger people want convenience and they just want a good job, not too much work and extreme high pay. So we get things on both spectrums. I just need to be clear on that one. Um, but yeah, the gut reaction for me is, oof, they don't really have a spark. They're just like, oh, just felt like there's something out there and maybe I should venture into tech marketing more specifically. And maybe I should join the, the um, you know, uh, startup world. Or I think that's where I see that, you know, there's no general interest. It's just, oh, I felt like taking a plunge somewhere. And that's how I get the immediate reaction. In terms of kind of giving advice to that, it's very difficult because obviously that's just the way their experience has been. But I have spoken to some people that have been older and basically what they've said to me is, I've noticed that the tech world is all around us. Like, you know, they've been in a general standard marketing role and I'm always willing to give people opportunities with industry changes because as Dwight said, that is something he suffered with. I have suffered from it. So now that I'm in the situation of hiring, I want to see if there's an opportunity to help and give people some of that potential opportunity to kind of switch over because I know how hard it was for me. Um, so I do do that. And that's what I, I evaluate when I talk to older people where I think they've been in the same role for a long period of time. I'm trying to understand what is the motivation behind this and why do you want to join my company? What are you hoping to get out of it and learn from this new change of role? Um, but sometimes there's just no, you know, company I just sometimes I just think there's just not the cultural fit. I look at my team as well, and I do have a team of fairly young people. So I immediately think, oof, are you guys going to connect? And there are some roles, like, for example, again, maybe this is ageism. In PR, I do think that the way you learn how to do PR for me, and that's just been my experience, the more senior you are, the wiser you are with these things. And that's how I feel for PR. So I would never hire a junior PR person. I would always want to hire someone that has a lot more experience. So again, for me, it's about the role the way that I see a company fit, and it's very much the mindset that they give to me. You know, the reasons why they want to join my company is actually going to be more valuable than what they have on paper um, is what I see. This is fascinating because you said something about, like, older people can sometimes, you know, want to have a good job that, you know, doesn't occupy so much of the space in their lives. So it's like almost like they go for comfort but at the same time, you talked about younger people, they want convenience. I love that term. And, I, you know, I've seen that before, you know, where I think it's more, it's okay for younger people to say like, oh, you know, I 
have a family or I have a dog or I have this interest. And I think companies can kind of rush to accommodate that, you know, because they want the younger um, generation, you know, both both sides want convenience. You know, it's just like what, what's seen and what, what's okay for one generation might be seen as a negative in a different generation um, a priori. Um, and then I've, I found that very interesting what you're saying about PR and how, you know, senior people, you know, can be, um, you know, even the, the strongest candidates. Um, Dwight, any reactions to that? Anything that's been said in this in this domain? But look, this is this is really complicated. And Sarah touched on um, a variety of different triggers, right? So you do want people who don't have to learn everything while you're paying them, right? Um, if they don't have the knowledge already, they have to be able to demonstrate, regardless of age, their ability to pick it up quickly and then to lay it back down in a creative manner or in a manner that's gonna suit the category, the industry, the business, the audience, we're marketers, right? We have to be able to tell a story and the story has to be heard it's not about the telling, it's about the hearing on the other side, right? So they have to be able to demonstrate those capabilities and that's part of it. The, the I have a young team or I have an, a team that, that is uh, perhaps more experienced and I'm trying to fit a new person or people into them is always challenging, right? And so I try and approach that by, and, and Sarah and I talked about this the other day, by getting into their heads, right? If they know who they are and why they are who they are, then they'll be able to, then they're demonstrating that they are also able to pay attention to other people, right? If they've done that introspection, then they're gonna have the interpersonal skills or at least the appreciation or the empathy to work with effectively with others for the most part, right? You can't always, it's not a binary thing. It's not a, a one and a zero. It's not a yes and a no. It's these are all on the spectrum, one way or the other. So, being able to build a team that is not exact duplicates of each other, but who have different ways of thinking, different backgrounds, uh, but the skills to work together regardless is sort of my secret sauce. The last thing I hire for is someone who's going to agree with me all the time, right? If they're not pushing back and going, I don't understand, or I disagree, have you thought about this? Then the team as a whole has lost something, right? But you have to have the skill set to do that. And sometimes that's where the experience of dealing with difficult conversations or different personality types and things like that come into play. Um, and also, knowing what to do with that knowledge once you have it. So a lot of it's experientially based. Um, a lot of it is whether the person is really tuned in to other people and you have to be tuned into yourself to be tuned into other people, right? It's, it's a sort of a, a little bit of an oxymoron there. You have to look inside to be able to look out. Um, and then it's putting those, putting those things together in a way that the team becomes more effective, not less effective. I do agree that, you know, regardless of age, it is about mindset. And it's about like, I mean, this is exactly my same reasoning as Dwight. When you're hiring someone, you're immediately thinking, 
how is it going to fit with my team? How do they complement each other? How do they work together? Because your team are together all the time. Let's be honest, we spend more time with our colleagues and our teams than sometimes family. And you've got to make sure that they get on and complement each other and collaborate in a way that doesn't exclude any party. Um, and, you know, what I'm doing a lot of the time when I'm speaking to older or younger people, I don't even care about their age. Like I said, I don't care about their years of experience. For me, it's the potential. It's the, the what can they do to achieve and support the team? What do they bring? How, does, how is their brain wired to operate and function with my department? That's actually what I'm looking for. Can you talk more about how you hire, Sarah? I know you talked about a presentation and kind of going two rounds with people and, uh, and, and kind of, you know, where, when you lean back and when you drill in. Yeah, so I always say that, you know, I look young, so it can be deceiving for people. <laughs> but basically what happens is uh, normally when I try and hire someone, I like, you know, I go through the, read the resume. I'm very difficult to even get the first interview. I get the interview. I, 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 get, a, I get an immediate gut feel. Oof, there might be something there, but maybe they're a bit uncomfortable in the first 15, 20 minute conversation. So I give, give them a test. And my test is to give them, you know, something, a very simple task, and it has almost no information. It, it's very, so high level, you've got, you should technically have a lot of questions. If you're a very good, you've got a good mindset, you're creative and you're inquisitive, um, like Dwight said, I like to be challenged. I want to, what I want to see out of that is before they even present back to me, I'd love to receive questions, right? I want to see their mind is thinking, okay, I want to answer this. These are the sorts of things I need to be thinking about. Oh, Sarah hasn't given me this information. Hopefully, if I ask the HR function, someone will get back and Sarah will give me additional support with, to answer my questions for me to build my presentation. So that's kind of the first thing. And when I don't get any questions, it's already a red flag. Joy, I have to ask you, how do you hire? And I, and I say this with some, I guess, some mirth because uh, we've had some <laughs> I will forever remember the uh the interviewing with you and you were just kind of you know tearing me to shreds and um asking me this question about what is the business value here and i was really struggling to get it and uh i really wanted the job and then i walked out thinking i was such an idiot and then i ended up getting it and it was um just a very memorable experience so um but but you know broadly speaking you know how, what have you learned about how to hire that you think other people could, you know, learn from? Um, okay, fabulous question. And yes, it was memorable for me as well. Um, <laughs> and maybe in another storytelling podcast, we can, we can relate how that went down. Um, so in the context of uh, what we're discussing, young versus older um, folks, I interview everyone effectively the same way, right? But it starts with, I have, a, I have a blueprint for what I'm looking for, and I have a very structured process I run with the team to drive, through the, to drive through the interviews that each of them do, right? And then we debrief a certain way. So um, it's, it's a very focused group effort because just like Sarah said and I said before that, it's about the team and that whole team dynamic. But I look for uh, three or four things um, in everybody I hire. I'm looking for energy. Um, I'm looking for passion for what they do. 
and and that extends to the motivations for why they're in the specialization they're in within marketing or why they're in marketing or why they're in customer service. Uh, I'm looking for um, curiosity, right? Because at the root of it, if you're curious, you're always learning. And if you're not a curious person, uh, you know, what books are you reading? I mean, tell me something that demonstrates your brain isn't like on autopilot. And then last thing, I'm looking for um, IQ and EQ. Right, someone who's bright and who's curious and who's willing to engage and has the energy can probably get up the ramp and can certainly be part of a team and solve problems, as long as they're not an ax murderer. Right, so there's that don't hire an ass, you know, no assholes rule. We call it EQ on a podcast because it sounds better, but it's still don't hire any assholes. Right, and if you do hire one by accident, fix it right away. So anyway, <laughs> the you know the question is, um, have a point of view about how you want to drive your hiring and then stick with it regardless. Like Sarah was just explaining, and Erica, which you experienced, I try and put, take people out of their comfort zone immediately, right? And the, and the opening salvo in the interview is to basically turn the resume over and say, we're not gonna talk about this. I wanna talk about you, right? And so it's again, can they adapt? Can they think? Can they explain themselves articulately and communicate you know, their ideas effectively. And then we'll go back and we'll pick a couple things out of the resume to discuss that are pertinent in terms of core requirements for the job and are things that I've assigned to myself to do a deep dive on in the interview. So let's pivot to the getting hired side. Um, most of us, we're, we're gonna have several jobs, you know, five, 10, even 15 jobs um, or more, who knows, over the course of our careers. And, you know, we all go through these stages um, based on where we are with our lives and our ages and, and such. Um, what advice would each of you give to candidates um, so that they increase their odds of getting that perfect next job? And as part of this, are there any kind of age-related mistakes that you have seen people make that can kind of get in their way? Um, I'll open it up to either of you who wants to go first. Yeah, I mean, I've just got a, a very minimum. I, most of the hiring that I do is not, there's just, I don't really have that many recommendations for age. I Like I said, I mean, I'm very, it's about the skill set and the mindset. There is one thing that I find very different, and I do think it's nerves, and I have experienced it a few times hiring more senior people, uh, age-wise, sorry, <laughs> trying to use the right terms here where we can, um, is the fact that they're very, they like to tell their story, and it drives me insane. <laughs> I, when, what do I mean by that? I mean, you know, uh, to Dwight's point, we've read the resume, you turn it around and you start asking questions that make them uncomfortable and that's the, what you're trying to do. Sometimes I do that and yet for some reason, they take me all the way back to their resume and I'm thinking, I've told you, I've seen it, I've read it, I don't need you to tell me your entire 30 years career or 20 years career in a 20 minute interview, I've seen it. That's not why we're having a conversation and I've experienced that with older generations a lot more than the young ones. The young ones, they're, they're a little bit more nervous, so they fall back to the, their, pre, their, recent, their most recent role, but they have less baggage, right? They have less to talk about. Mm. Whereas I find that as soon as I'm trying to hire someone a little bit more older, 
I hear their entire life story and I don't need to hear that. And that's just my view. Uh, it, it frustrates me and I look at the clock and I'm a bit like, oh, you're wasting my time. And they kind of lo lose me, right? Because I've completely lost, lost complete interest because you're not answering the question. You're falling into a confident pattern, which means that to the way that, you know, Dwight interviews or the way that I interview, we're trying to get them ticked off right at the start. And I find that that's sometimes a little bit harder for people who are used to traditional ways of interviewing. I mean, I'm thinking when I first tried to interview for a job, I remember I was Googling all these questions that I might be asked and they're all the same and they were just variations. And it was very like, these are the 10 top questions you know you need to know how to answer. And every interview I went to was always following a similar pattern. And I think that's a very old fashioned way of hiring. And, you know, I haven't been hiring for that long and I've learned a lot in the last few years about hiring and the importance of what you need to do to get there and find the right people. But that specific piece around telling your whole life story is what I call it, is very frustrating. It just wastes my time. And yeah, that's kind of my, my yeah. pet peeve on that one, definitely. How about you, Dwight? Um, any thoughts on on kind of mistakes that you've seen people make? You know, regardless of age, that um, but but potentially age related that can get in their way. Well, uh, I think the you know there's a fallacy, right, that years of experience are years of wisdom, right? So um, there can be entitlement around with, well, I've done this before, so I can obviously do this again for you. Um, and people not necessarily being willing to engage. And then conversely, uh, on the other side, there is the give me the ch give me a chance. All I'm looking for is a chance, right? Which um, is is unfortunate when you hear that because you know you're hearing somebody who has some some streak of desperation, uh, which is always a, you know a difficult situation for them as well as for you on the other side of the table. Uh, but I think regardless you need to be prepared. So Sarah did her homework. I Googled the questions, right? Um, there's a list of things you need to do. You need to know what the company does. You need to try and understand what that might mean and what that might mean for the job. You need to have done your LinkedIn creeping and looked at the backgrounds and figured out what their university was and whether or not they hate your favorite you know, soccer team. And um, you need to be able to have a human bonding element and you know you have to find that kind of material. Uh, you have to come prepared with questions that are about the business. You have to go in expecting that you can explain how you're gonna add value and help the company achieve their goals. I mean, these are, they seem so obvious, but right off the bat, some, you know, this is a bell curve, right? No one wants to hire the middle of the bell curve. It's sad but true. So you have to you have to do your work to get yourself into at least the 80th percentile on the positive end of the, of the bell curve, right? You have to stand out, and preparation is the only way to do that. Um, my daughter recently uh, graduated college, got her first job, and it was challenging. And she and I she and I went through this. Um, and she didn't want to creep people on LinkedIn and she didn't want to necessarily put the energy, all of the energy into it. And she was a college soccer player. So we talked about that. It's like, well, you didn't expect just to come off the beach, you know, after drinking Bud Lights all summer and walk onto the, onto the pitch and start, did you? 
And no, and, you know, so so it's the same thing. And so for anyone you know looking to get hired, do your homework, have your list of questions, know the people you're interviewing with, and come prepared how you're going to add value. And how you're going to add value is not what you did for a company seven years ago. It's how you diagnosed the problem, understood the audience, et cetera, you know, figured out the tech set, the stack you had to work with, and made it hum in a new way to get better outcomes. I mean, it's just, it's not that hard, but for whatever reason, when people talk about themselves, they want to talk about themselves as opposed to what they're doing for the people on the other side of the desk, which is really right. what an interview is about. Um, I know we're running short on time here. I would love for each of you to just share, maybe, um, I, I'm interested in kind of final words of advice for the listener, but also let me throw in here, since you two are of different spots on the uh, uh, kind of age spectrum, I'm curious to hear what you've learned from the other person in this conversation or a previous conversation that has been most enlightening to you. Oh, I'll go Who first. Go first? Okay. I'll go first. Um, I've learned that my antisocial interviewing method isn't so unique um, in terms of, of uh, being a bit of a test as opposed to making it easy. Um, and, you know, Sarah did it, does it in, in some very different ways that I hadn't heard articulated. So uh, I have some new things for my toolkit now. I love that. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, I have to admit, sometimes I think I feel I feel my candidates pain. <laughs> but it keeps it interesting, right? It makes for an interesting interview on both sides. Um, yeah. And that's also part of it, right? If. And again, you know, have a point of view and then go test for it. Yeah, I mean, I think from my perspective, I've still got a lot to learn as a CMO. Um, I'm very aware of that. So I think also it's just like. You know, you've got to be confident in your role, but you've got to be very aware of the fact that there is a lot to learn to be a great CMO. And I hear Dwight speak. I listen to the way he um, you express yourself. And I know I have a lot to learn on expression and words. And I think that's what I really enjoyed. It's like I look at other CMOs and I spend a lot of time seeing, you know, what is the right track? What do you need to do? What do you how do you need to behave? There are certain things that as a CMO, you want to be listened to. You want to be heard in certain ways. Like you say, with people, with, we, we, we work with people. But our main thing here is to convey a message that people understand without too much complexity. And that's obviously something that I myself and I think it's it is gained with time. I myself know that I struggle a little bit with. I get very passionate. I can talk very fast. I get very excited. Passion is the better word. Excited is actually the word. Um, that's just the way that I am in my everyday life. But I also know that, you know, I, I see, Dwight, how you compose yourself, how you express yourself. And I look at it thinking that's the kind of CMO that I would want to be, which is more composed. You, you take the room. Like, I don't need, you know, there's only three of us on this call, but I can, I can see it. Um, and so to me, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm learning as well. Either these, these two interactions we've had, you know, I've learned a lot about, again, it's just these things. I've just learned composure, expression, words, even the words you use and the, the statements you make. We make very similar statements, but I'm using 10 times more words to make the same statement. Um, so, you know, just learning from that is obviously really good for me. Kind of you to say thank you. <laughs> 
Great. Well, thank you to each of you. This has been fascinating, uh, fascinating exploration of age dynamics in um, diversity in uh, B2B SaaS marketing. So Sarah and Dwight, thank you again. Well, thank you. This was fun. Thanks for the opportunity to share, Erica. Thanks for joining us today for The Get. Join us next time with another guest. Till then, follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify so you don't miss a thing.